Hello, and welcome to the show where we cast our favorite books into film. I'm Rachel. I'm Flo. And I'm Roxanne. And this is Typecast, brought to you by the Rare Birds Book Club. <laughs> you are an asshole. <laughs> such an asshole. This week, we're recasting Mrs. Danvers from Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing. Keen listeners um, of the podcast will know that Roxanne sometimes freestyles the <laughs> intro and says <laughs> the Rare Birds Book Club. They're making fun of me because I can't do the intro. I never have been able to. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> We're really glad you joined us, Flo. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Flo. Really I appreciate had a really it. Busy schedules, so you guys are really lucky that I'm here. Yeah, we are, and we know it. Um. Someone needs to be able to do the intro correctly. <laughs> Flo is really the only one. It's a very special episode this week, a recasting. And we're just doing, like the greats that have gone before her, Mr. Rochester, Heathcliff. Heathcliff. Have we done anyone Danvers. else? And now it's Danvers. Danvers. <laughs> Mrs. Danvers, the creepy <gasps> housekeeper from Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca. Or Danny. We can call her Danny. Yeah, yeah Danny I doesn't think, I think we're close enough, enough now for Danny. The one, the episodes like this that have gone before, we've sort of focused on male characters and it's been fun to talk about, to dissect them as romantic leads and to talk about the actors who could play them. But this is going to be sort of a close examination of a different style. Yeah. Um, because obviously Danny is not a romantic lead. Well, <laughs> depends who you ask. <laughs> it's, it's also just so fun to cast older actresses because there's just so many good older actresses yeah. and, and there's not... I mean, they're growing in number, but I mean, not older actresses. <laughs> I mean, every roles. year they're growing in number. <laughs> There's too many of them. They're taken over. <laughs> um, I just meant, you know, there's more meaty roles for older actresses. Um, you can really sink your teeth into a Danvers, yeah, can't you? Yeah. I mean, we, we spoke a little bit about older actresses with last week's episode, talking about Grandmare, but this is... Is where the older actresses are really going to come into the movie. I really, I was about to say, we're going to do a deep dive into older actresses. <laughs> just I'm making just, it weird. Uh, yeah, no, I know. A don't. swimming pool full of Helen Mirrens. <laughs> I'm just going to dive in. Shall I do the summary? You do should, the summary. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't read Rebecca, you, first of all, you should read it. It yeah. is amazing. It's an incredible book. It's such a great thriller. Go run out, read it, come back, listen to the episode. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do that, Here's what happens. (laughs) Working as a lady's companion to Mrs. Van Hopper, the orphaned heroine of Rebecca learns her place. Life begins to look very bleak until, on a trip to the south of France, she meets Maxim de Winter, a handsome widower whose sudden proposal of marriage takes her by surprise. Whisked from the glamorous Monte Carlo to the Cornish coast, the new Mrs. de Winter is looking forward to her new life. But when they return home to Manderley, Max changes overnight from a charming bridegroom to a brooding stranger. Mrs. De Winter soon realizes a dark cloud hangs over their marriage. Max's first wife, Rebecca, drowned a year ago, and that tragedy still haunts him. Meanwhile, the new Mrs. De Winter is struggling to assume her new identity. Rebecca's memory is kept very much alive by the creepy and formidable housekeeper Mrs. Danvers, whose devotion to Rebecca means she'll never accept a new mistress. 
Things go from bad to worse when Mrs. DeWinter accidentally dresses up as Rebecca at the annual Manderley costume ball. Max goes ballistic. Mrs. Danvers thinks Mrs. DeWinter might as well just kill herself. And she agrees. (laughs) But just as she's about to do it, a ship runs aground and in the process discovers Rebecca's boat and her body inside. (gasps) Mrs. DeWinter is shaken by this, but relieved too. When she asks Max what the hell is going on, he finally admits everything. Rebecca was actually a crazy psycho, and he was just about to divorce her when they got into a big fight about the fact she was pregnant with her cousin's baby, and there was nothing Max could do about it. Somehow, Max accidentally shot her, (laughs) and knowing how it looked, decided the best thing to do would be to sail her boat out into open water, then sink it with her body inside. The cloud is finally lifted. Mrs. DeWinter finally understands her husband. He's not in love with his first wife and missing her every day. He's misunderstood. And even in her death, Rebecca is out to ruin him. It all looks a bit hairy for a moment, but in the end, the magistrate decides Max has nothing to do with it, and the newlyweds return home, ready to resume their married life. Sadly, they can't. The home has burned down, and Danvers is gone. Ooh, I got chills. (laughs) Do you know, I want to start off by saying that it is a massive red flag uh, if you're dating someone and they're always going on about their crazy ex-girlfriend. So, you know. Which is a slight exaggeration of what Max does. He won't actually mention Rebecca at all. No, Yeah, until like the big revelation where he's like. He's like, she she was a psycho. She fully deserved to be shot. That's all right. That's all right. It turns out it was cancer all along. So he's kind of innocent. He was like, listen, I shot her. But that's not my fault. The Hitchcock film um, changes things slightly, but follows the plot pretty closely. So if you didn't want to read the book, you could watch the film and get the gist of it. Yeah, what are the... What is the change? The change, I mean, at the end, Danny starts the fire while Mrs. De Winter is is still in the house, isn't she? And Max thinks that she's she's stuck in the house, but then she's fine. Yeah. Yeah, the ending is a little bit different because in the book... Danvers has truly disappeared. Yeah. And they don't actually even know if Danvers started the fire. They just kind of think she just has. Heavily implied, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just heavily it's, implied that Danvers yeah. was like, F this. And some of the details around the um the whole magistrate thing mm. are a little bit different, but they're they're similar. So what were your first impressions of the book? Because I came to the book later than you two did. I, I read it on your recommendation. Um and I have such fond memories of it because I was reading it in Bali. <laughs> I don't know if that She's watched a lot of her books have been read in Bali. Like Twilight was in Bali. This is no, in Bali. Like- Twilight was in Thailand. Oh. Um, <laughs> we get it. You travel. <laughs> wow. I, I, it's such a page turner. Um, it'll take you – I think I read it in one sitting because it, it's so gripping almost immediately. And what's interesting is that it, it starts off almost like a very sweet romance and then nosedives quite quickly. Um, it really – it kind of curdles into something else. I actually went back and read the beginning after I finished the book just to see if I could find anything else about Max's behavior and their initial romance and how it sort of reframes it once you you know what's happened that he's murdered his ex-wife and is on a holiday and then immediately marries someone else is just pretty creepy yeah he's on the rebound (laughs) (laughs) he's rebounding hard (laughs) he's gone to monte carlo to say his wild it's very deliberate that he chooses as his next bride a very young 
I mean, our heroine, Mrs. De Winter, doesn't actually have a first name. Mm. She's so lacking in her own identity. Demoria doesn't ever even name her. Do you think it is, yeah. though, a lack in, in character is that, that she's just very young and naive? What sort of makes her journey throughout the book quite convincing is that she's really so easily influenced. He knows there's nothing more to her than what he sees on the surface. As you said in the summary, there's this really quite disturbing scene when he confesses that he's killed his mm-hmm. ex-wife. She's like, oh, thank God he yeah. doesn't love her. Yeah. And you're like, mm, That's, is that the takeaway? Yeah, it's, <laughs> that bit of the book is so sort of harrowing because she's she is honestly just relieved because she's like, oh God, I just thought you loved her the whole time. Then she was like totally on his side. She yeah. was like, I'll do anything to get you. But he's he's extremely manipulative with her. Anytime she kind of tries to raise anything, he always turns it back on her and says mm-hmm. like, oh, well, obviously we're not happy then. And then why are you even here? Why didn't you just go? And she immediately then has to sort of scramble and be like, no, please, I didn't mean mm-hmm. I'm just being silly. Like he's constantly manipulating her. So she's just starved of any kind of love from him. Do you think Demario had... Uh, sympathies with Max de Winter or do you think she she judges him I think she definitely judges I him. think yeah I think he is I think he's a bad guy mm. you know what I mean yeah I think you know it's like I think he is actually the villain of the piece it's actually it's a master class in how to turn an absence into a presence in a book like it's just she, Rebecca is I mean the title the of the biggest character in that book and she's dead. Yeah. The title of the once. book is Rebecca and yeah. she's not in it. Yeah, it's yeah. just amazing. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean I think that I think Dumare wants us to think that Rebecca was a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And I think that Mrs. Danvers recollections of her feed into that you know she tells that story about her riding the horse and whipping it until it bleeds and things like that yeah and I I I really like the idea that yes Maxim is a bad guy but I also like the idea that Rebecca was a bad person Mm. you know I think quite a lot about that thing that Gillian Flynn said when Gone Girl came out about we don't like the idea of female characters who are just kind of evil Mm -hmm. and bad you know and I like the idea of Rebecca being someone who is evil yeah like beautiful and cruel and yeah, yeah. And that doesn't but negate the fact that maxim is also, is also a bad horrible person. yeah but then also that's so interesting when you look at mrs danvers who she tells that story with admiration she yeah. admires rebecca in that scene she admires that she's beautiful and cruel like this the, you know this is life this is this is she's extraordinary don't you see this you know and that is fascinating to well, me. I, I also think the way that you know, the, um, Rebecca's death is written is also very revealing in the sense that, you know, she's sort of, they have this argument and Rebecca knows she can sort of run her length because Max really cares about his reputation and how things look. And so she's like goading him and she's like, yes, I'm pregnant and there's nothing you can do about it. And you'll never, you're never going to divorce me. Like I'm pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. this would ruin you. And he, and that's really, he, and she, he knows she's right. And that's kind of why he shoots her because yeah. there is no way out of it for him. But then uh, on the other side, he's just shot a pregnant lady because she's like, it's not your baby. And he just loses his mind. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're a bad guy. Exactly. You're but it's really like that. Guy. It's like the, the story itself. It's just funny. He tells the story as if that would exonerate him. Yeah. But actually it just sort of emphasizes that he's horrific. Yeah, and there's that sort of weird thing as well about how they've sort of struck that deal whereby she'll take care of Mandalay as long as they stay married. And it's actually like 
Manderley is the thing he loves most in the world and he'll kind of do anything to protect his home and you're kind of like, really? Right. I mean, it's just a house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a really nice house. It's just such a smart thriller because it's really, you know, it's so sticky. There's so many different avenues and nothing is black and white. Nothing's cut and dry. It's really difficult to sort of find your feet and be on anyone's side because everyone is a little bit terrible mm. in amongst all that is Mrs. Danvers, yeah. the creepiest of them all. And she is just the best. She's sensational. Yeah, that lighting like from above that shadows the eyes and makes them hollow. That was made for Mrs. Danvers, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. She's, she's, she's the character that comes out of a doorway. She's absolutely terrifying. Like you almost like woman in black terrifying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like the house is haunted by Rebecca, but it's also haunted by... Yeah. Mrs. It's like, well, Mrs. Danvers ensures it's haunted by Rebecca. Why doesn't you know he I mean? fire her again? Because she knows about the true nature of their relationship. That if he like fires her, that she'll kind of, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a sort of throwaway line about it. She seems like a sidler to me, you know, just like one of those people that would like, you'd turn around and you'd be like, Ugh. yeah. In know, the, like uh, Frau Brucher in uh, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> well, the sidler Slides in. Um, in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, the side they're in Seinfeld too. It's just like, you know, I'd give her a change purse. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'd give her a change purse yeah. so I could always tell where she was. Some tap shoes. <laughs> it's like that bit when, she, when um, can we just give her a name, the heroine, because it's very annoying. Jane? Let's call her Jane Doe. Jane Doe. Like when Jane Doe first goes into the West Wing and she's in Rebecca's room looking at her stuff and then it's sort of like she turns around and Mrs. Danvers is there. And it's there. Like, that is almost like a kind of jump shock moment. Yeah. Even just to read it because you're like, oh God, she's there. <laughs> and it's just, it's so, that's why it works so perfectly on the screen. And yeah. in, in the Hitchcock version, all of that creepy lighting and her turning up behind the curtain yeah. and sort of stepping Ooh. through. Going, You've always wanted to look at this room, haven't you? <laughs> I can show it to you now. Here are her nightgowns. Yeah. I sniff them all her, the time. Yeah, here's her comb. <laughs> want me to brush oh, her I hair. see you've moved her brush. <laughs> Do you know what? That sort of, that type of English accent too in the 40s is so perfect, perfect for Mrs. Dem. Obviously because so it's, it's written in 1938, but that's how I hear her in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, original Mrs. Danvers in the Hitchcock film is played by an actress called Judith Anderson. And she is just, absolutely, she's absolutely magnificent. She's just so creepy. She's so sinister. She and she's such like a. She's also kind of she's sort of inhuman. Yeah, which is how Danvers is described. She's kind of almost like a puppet or something because she just has that kind of mask-like face that kind of doesn't move. Oh my God, that's you know, so and she just sort of like slides around with this sort of incredibly cold expression yeah. on her face. It's funny that actually there aren't way more female villains, like real female villains on on screen and in books because I kind of think female villains are way creepier. A character like Danvers, it's more subtle. Like, you know, Danvers is not going to, not going to kill Jane Doe in her sleep or something. Or overpower her. She's going to manipulate her. You know what I mean? She's going to emotionally torture her until she's like, jump. Yeah. Just fucking. Jump. But even that scene is, is so good because it's like so heightened and melodramatic yeah. and crazy and creepy. And she's like, oh, it'd be so easy to just jump, wouldn't it? And then the rockets go off and immediately she kind of snaps back into being the yeah, housekeeper. She's like, and she's yeah. like, oh, you know, mind your hand. I need to close the window. And it's like that in itself is so chilling because it's like she's also kind of just really good at her job <laughs> and takes her job really seriously. But occasionally this sort of psychotic hatred just yeah. sort of seeps out. 
So Mrs. Danvers has, she's extremely, I mean, if it's not obvious, she's extremely loyal to Rebecca. And she was Rebecca's sort of childhood, kind of her nanny, her minder. Um, so she's been with Rebecca, the first Mrs. De Winter, her whole life. And then just becomes kind of like her lady in waiting. When she gets married, she comes to Manderley with Rebecca and is like super loyal to her. So when the new Mrs. De Winter shows up, she's like, she super resents Max because he's got remarried. She hates the new Mrs. De Winter because she's like, you'll never be Mrs. De Winter. She wants them to break up. She's like extremely jealous of the house. She's extremely jealous of Rebecca's affections. Like she's got so many layers yeah. of bitterness going on. I believe that she really love her like what what is what is what makes someone more loyal than growing up with someone and caring for someone since they're well, a it's child like she's like her mum yeah way, exactly you know what I mean? but she's also kind of infatuated with yeah, her yeah in, in a way that reads almost mm. as sort of like a bit sexual yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely you know, Mrs. De Winter's obsession grows throughout the novel. At one point, they're both as obsessed as each other with Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. De Winter yeah. is obs- obsessed with the with who Rebecca was and how she'll never be Rebecca, and and Mrs. Danvers is also obsessed with how Mrs. De Winter will never be Rebecca. Yeah. It's like you you guys could just sit down and have a cuppa and <laughs> yeah. just be like, I'm shit. No, yes, Let's you are just, shit. Yeah. Just start your little fan club. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be a lot happier. I mean, the way she writes um, Jane Doe's desperate need to please Mrs. Danvers is so good and so realistic because you just think, like, just tell her to fuck off. Mm -hmm. But she's always deferring to her and trying to please her and trying to not upset, you know, not upset her. And you're just thinking, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. She's going to hate you guys regardless. Like, she's a drudge, basically. Yeah. And then she comes into this beautiful estate and with no help from Max, she's like the lady of the household. And she's trying to amidst all this as well figure out how to run the household and mrs danvers like just leave it all to me (laughs) (laughs) mrs de winter used to do it like this (laughs) tamaria does an amazing job of really showing how isolated she is from the from the Mm -hmm. very beginning even before she marries max thinking this is my way out this is my family and i'm going to be loved and and i think that's why it reads so well because she's she's desperate to please because she's had no one Mm -hmm. to please and i think that's why it's convincing at the end when she's relieved that max doesn't love rebecca he I mean, I don't think he does especially love his new wife, but loves her like she's first in his affections because no one has ever loved yeah. her. And yeah. and she finally has like unlocked the secret code of how do I make my husband happy? And it's like, I will help this go away for you. Throughout the whole book, the way that she writes Jane Doe, just her, the richness of her inner life is so well captured. She feels so real and just everything about her, you know, those sort of flights of fancy that she constantly goes on. She's always projecting herself into other people's Mm -hmm. lives and worlds and imagining what they're doing and what they're saying. And she's imagining, oh, what would Rebecca be doing if she was here? And it's just so rich and so compelling. And so even if you actually sort of stripped out the thrillery elements, it would still be really compelling. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it would would also, it would just be a story about what a nightmare it is when your partner has a really hot, cool ex. (laughs) okay so it's time to do our casting call quick rundown of the rules so everyone knows where we are rule number one they must be actors rule number two you have to cast them as they are now not as they once were Cool, 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 cool. And rule number three, no daddies. 
the actress must be living. 100% living actors. 100% alive. Certified alive. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to cast... We're gonna cast a classic and a contemporary. Yeah. So Danvers, we're, we're gonna yeah. So we'll cast Mrs. Danvers, and then we'll cast a contemporary Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we discuss the the new films casting just briefly? So right around the time this podcast goes up, you guys, the new Rebecca will be. It's coming it's out. Actually, so brilliant casting. Perfect uh, Army Army Hammer plays um, Max nice. de Winter, which I think is excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, Lily James plays Jane Joe. Um, not a hundred percent sure how I feel I about think, that. No, but I think that's very good. Actually, I think she has. I mean, she, she might. I mean, she's she's pro- she's approaching thirty, isn't she? But she, yeah, she is thirty, but closer in age. Yeah, in mm-hmm. that in this she, adaptation. But she, Lily, looks she she you know she's young anyway. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what? I think I'm just, I'm really just quite sick of Lily James. Like she's really been the, like the actress of the last few years. I it's like, like you Lily just, James. I like her too, but you just, I'm ready to see she's more everywhere. than, yeah. It's like, I'm ready to see more than Lily James. She was in Guernsey. She's in like Downton Abbey. She was in Cinderella. She's in Rebecca. She's, she's, she's just, yeah. Well, and very like the, the last cast is, so good. It's Mrs. so Danvers so good. Is going to be played by Kristen Scott Thomas, which is excellent. And um, do you know who Jack Riley's going to be, or Jack Favell? Oh, I just gave it away. Do you know who, <laughs> ja- <laughs> do you know who Jack Favell is going to be? No, is it Sam Riley? <laughs> yeah, he's that. Oh yeah. Although I, I kind of like him too much for him to play a, a sort of rotter. Anyway, and then Kristen Scott Thomas as Mrs. Danvers which is Amazing. a beautifully inspired piece of casting and I cannot wait for her to creep I it up on screen. I think she's too beautiful though. Mm. Too much life. Whereas what was so good about Judith Anderson, as I said before, is that she kind of just has this sort of flat, expressionless face. I, I'm, I'm also just really excited that it's Ben Wheatley because his films are so creepy and disturbing and I just think he's going to bring he's going to squeeze every last drop of creepiness from it he's basically made our choices pointless but we're still going to put you through it we're still going through it okay so let's I think kick off with our sort of our classic pick so let's we're gonna we're all gonna throw up some suggestions for uh, Mrs. Danvers, the classic Mrs. Danvers, mm-hmm. and then um, we'll do a contemporary pick. So my first classic, I think I think she has the look for it, and I think she do a good job is um, Charlotte Rampling. She oh, yeah. was uh, oh, Jocelyn yeah. Knight in Broadchurch. And, Love uh, Charlotte Rampling. She is just yep very oh yeah. Danver, creepy as hell. <laughs> she can I mean, she can look pleasant, but she's. I think she's got Danvers vibes. Like, yeah, I like her because she. I mean, she looks sinister because there's also a lot of time where she's just like floating around the house, being a big creepster, not saying anything. <laughs> Jane Doe's like interpreting. Nothing's being said. She's just picking up cues from Max and from Mrs. Danvers. Mm-hmm. So Mrs. Danvers needs to look. Yeah, I mean, she she came to mind straight away um i also think she's the right age for it i I was gonna say i think she's a bit too old yeah she's old yeah she's 74 and i think i don't know i yeah i picture danvers more 
50s. Yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. Danvers is realistically around 50. If she's been with Rebecca since she was a young girl, like she's probably Rebecca was probably around 30. And Mrs. Danvers is probably realistically 15 to 20 years older than Rebecca. So that would put her around. There's no reason why you couldn't have like a much older. The advantage of choosing a much older actress, like an actress in her 70s, would be that sort of lends more credence to the fact that Max hasn't turned her off. Mm. Because it's like he has, he can't really. Like it's like back then, you know, your your staff would stay with you their whole lives and then you would pension them off. Yeah. And so that that could explain why she's still there. And Max hasn't just sent her away or she didn't just go and get a new job. But then do you have more sympathy for an older actress? Not an older actress, no. but do you have more sympathy for an older Danvers? I guess the thing is that an older Danvers, it feels more sad than yeah. sinister. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit more tragic. Yeah. She's sort of spent She's her devoted life her life to Rebecca and, and kind of, misses yeah. her. And yeah. Um, so my second choice would be Harriet Walter. And yeah, she's, she's on my list. Yeah, she's she's in everything. She was Clem Churchill in The Crown. She was Caroline Countess of Brockenhurst in Belgravia. And uh, you might know her as Edward's sister, Fanny Dashwood in Sense and Sensibility. You might also know her from The Young Victoria. Oh. Yeah. She was Victoria's aunt. Queen. You might also <laughs> know her as the mum from Succession. Yeah. She's brilliant. In. She's 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 a phenomenal actress. Um, and again, I, I just she she sort of has a similar vibes actually to Kristen Scott Thomas. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. She's got those sort of very uh, clipped English accent, and she can be intense, but she's got. High I mean, she can bones. do everything. It would be harder to see what she was thinking, Harriet Walter. Whereas, like Charlotte Rampling, like she just looks more sinister. So. Um, my number one choice is Monica Dolan, who is quite famous for playing Rosemary West, an appropriate adult. She's been in tons and tons of stuff. You'll definitely recognise that if you don't know the name. She's in Vanity Fair. She's in A Very English Scandal. Yeah. She's in Strike, Inside Number Nine. She was in the Alan Partridge film, Alpha Papa. <laughs> and she just does such a good line in, like, just creepy just downright making your skin crawl creepy Mm -hmm. she can make herself look very ugly and unattractive and she just has that presence that when she can come into the room and you just suddenly feel chilled yeah you could see her like sort of skulking out of the shadows yeah yeah i actually i like that really like that too because there is something you're right very sinister and you could you could totally imagine her being you know if they made her look really plain yeah sort of being obsessed with Rebecca's beauty yeah and she does the kind of like simmering anger thing really well as well she also has the kind of skeleton face thing going on she has really strong cheekbones she has a really strong jawline she has like a really sharp nose yeah which again you could cast all that into shadow and she would look really gaunt and like really quite scary and she's like a little bit at the younger end of the scale she's 51 Mm -hmm. And, he, and she's quite sort of robust. And in that sense, you can really imagine her kind of wreaking setting havoc a on, fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Running up and downstairs to terrorize people. Because yeah. the thing is, for Mrs. Danvers, it's not like, it's very much not done. You know what I mean? Like she has a score to settle with Max. Like she's right in there at the magistrate. Like, you know, she's really trying to stick the knife in. And then she does burn the house down and disappear. So, well, allegedly burn the house mm-hmm. down and disappear. So... You know, she's she's still got a lot of fight 
in her. She's not, yeah. these aren't the actions of like a, a sad old woman. Like this is a calculating, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Very yeah. cold, very calculating. She, like she what, is, yeah. she's plotting her revenge. She wants to ruin their lives and then she's out of there. She wants to hit them where, she wants to hit Max where hit it all hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Like she could be, you know, in the sequel that follows Danvers' exploits. Oh my God, she, I would love that. A sort of talented Mr. Ripley thing. That's she travels across Europe. She kills people. <laughs> that should be what our contemporary retelling is, is like what yes. happens to Danvers. <laughs> okay, do you have any other choices you want to share? Um, no, because Harriet Walter was my was my runner-up. And, and Monica Dolan is great, so. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, I have gone... I'm not going to use the C word because it's not really, but I'm nervous. I don't think you should be nervous because I think this is actually, when I thought of it, I was like, do you know what? Do you know what? (laughs) This just might work. She can be very creepy. She definitely has Skeletor vibes. (laughs) (laughs) She already loves to wear monochrome. So tick, tick, tick. I'm speaking, of course, of Angelina Jolie. What? <laughs> skeleton? Yeah, she looks like a skeleton. She has crazy sharp features. True. She's insanely intense. She can be very creepy. She is way too beautiful. Oh, you Surely have, she's like Rebecca. No, you've said seven. No, she's too old. No, she is like 50. You've said several times that all actors are beautiful and you'd have to ug them up that, anyway so yeah, yeah but, but all actors are beautiful and then there's angelina Jolie. yeah there's like there's like there's there's people and then there's angelina yeah but Jolie. i just i honestly think that angelina jolie could do she could be so great in this role i will accept her but for only for the most ridiculous glamorous sexed up version of this of i this mean do you know what that would be better as like Oh, like a contemporary Danny. No, Danny. I don't. I honestly, yeah, she'd be. I can see her as a contemporary Danny, not as a classic. But then I again, she's say. too beautiful. Why would she be like sexually obsessed and jealous of 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 Rebecca? Like when she looks like fucking Rebecca. Sorry, because she doesn't have. Excuse my. But language. also, she doesn't have the station. I think there is a version of this story where it's like Danvers loves Rebecca and is so obsessive about Rebecca because she sees herself in Rebecca a lot, and Rebecca has. You know what I mean? Danvers is, she's a, she's a governess. So she's, she comes from nothing. You know, she doesn't have the social station. She doesn't have the standing, which also explains why she's so jealous over Rebecca. You know what I mean? Through Rebecca is her only opportunity to live the life she maybe wants to live. I'll accept it for a contemporary. I won't accept it for a classic. I, I don't um, even know. I mean, I, the very, I think, I think this would be an amazing pick if we were in 2040. Let's I've, revisit. We'll put it in the calendar for them. <laughs> well, I, my whole list is A-listers. Um, my next pick was Tilda Swinton. Yes. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a lot better. That's yeah. a great one. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Tilda Swinton, again, could be creepy as hell. Yeah, yeah. Tilda Swinton's good. And you can make her look weird. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. She oh, yeah, could do it. Yeah, she's sitting asleep. Yeah. yeah. That one's great. Angelina Jolie, crazy. <laughs> but Tilda Swinton, brilliant. That's, that's really, think, that's that's your MO. It's like something something crazy and something brilliant. <laughs> and there's doesn't seem to be any in between. You'd never get like, a, oh, that's all right. That's average. <laughs> it's always like, what were you thinking? Well, that's inspired. I know in my heart that there are listeners at home nodding along, being like, yes, Angelina Jolie would be amazing. <laughs> if you're out there, please write to me. Thank you. 
play Rebecca against Angelina Jolie. That, Rebecca's dead. It doesn't matter. To be fair, you don't need a Rebecca. It just has to, you just have to be able to imagine that there is someone more beautiful than Angelina Jolie. So moving on to a contemporary. Contempt. So this is a 2020 Danvers. 2020 yeah. Danvers. And what's her, what's her job? Who is she? Who, who is Danvers in 2020? I mean, I think, I don't know. Because the thing is, is like, you know, a contemporary reimagining, like, I think it works so well thinking of like Max and like thinking of Rebecca as a celeb and Max as like a director. Is like, you can see that dynamic play out in a contemporary way. But what is, who is Mrs. Danvers? You know, how what can the relationship between Danvers and Rebecca be that they're so close and she's so loyal? She wants to destroy him. I mean, him. the closest thing would be like a sort of personal assistant, I suppose, well, who's been been with her, who's yeah. sort of a family friend. To be like fair, so, though, so rich people do have housekeepers that stay with them forever. Yeah, as she well. could just but be a like housekeeper. She could just be a housekeeper. Yeah, but it's like often the housekeepers don't love them. In fact, like it's like when you watch the true crime documentaries, they get the housekeeper on. The housekeeper's on like, yeah, they were kind of weird. <laughs> I just, I didn't want to lose my job, so I just kept my head down. Like the, the yes, level the, the, of the, loyalty. The point is the point is their relationship has been forged because Danvers knew her as a child and, mm. and raised her as a child. So you could just have that now. Yeah. I, <gasps> I've got it. <laughs> okay. You are good at this generally. Okay, so same storyline. Max DeWinter, hotshot Hollywood director. Rebecca, celeb. They've been working on a project for years. And Danvers is like the scout or like the you know what I mean it was like her first dance teacher or something like the person who discovered her and like you know what I mean helped her develop her craft like her first acting coach or her first dance teacher but then why, or her first why first thing in his house all the time well maybe she's not in his house in a contemporary version that yeah but then how does she like because she she's be on because she's on set, set. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's on the, the, she's on set. So, oh, so Mrs. De Winter, yeah, Mrs. De Winter has sh- she's replacing Rebecca in this role. Like it just it this just went to meta. It just went to it went to film. Rebecca it's disappears slash dies. Actually, do you know what this is reminding me of? Black Swan, Ballet. Yeah, the, like the dance teacher or something. Who kind of who also it's like her fate is wrapped up in Rebecca in the sense that like she discussed like she you know she's jealous over her in the sense of like i discovered her like she was supposed to be the next big star and now that rebecca's gone and all that's been wasted she doesn't want max to succeed and she doesn't want the new mrs de winter to succeed she wants to throw a spanner in the works and so she's like it's like maybe she's not on set maybe how she's like terrorizing the new mrs de winter is she's publicly being like like leading the memorial to what about this though what if mrs danvers in a modern version is just Rebecca's mother but like maybe that's been sort of kept secret or like maybe she's just the mother and like she died like doing this like magnum opus and so she's on set all the time just watching like this other girl do her daughter's role I think but I think the problem with that is that it's too that's too sympathetic like yeah you agreed you know it's like if if she died and the mum was on set going crazy, everyone would be like, mm, "This is this is really sad and, yeah, and completely true. understandable." True. Like it, it, it needs, needs to be creepy. It needs to be sinister. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so that's why, like, something like her original, like, dance coach or something like that, who's like stood to also profit off Rebecca. Like, there's there's a motive for you know mm. she wants to see Rebecca succeed and Rebecca just dis- dying and not sort of taking on this role or whatever. 
would, would be a horrible tragedy to her on many levels because she kind of raised her. She was involved with her from a child. And also she staked everything on Rebecca's success as well. And it came to nothing. And now she is just, and she blames Max. And now she wants to just burn the whole thing to the ground. Mm, okay. And like, it could be like when Rebecca was growing up and trying to make it in the ballet scene. Um, it's ballet in my head now is that okay I like that Um, and Danva's like pushed another girl down the stairs and broke her leg so that Rebecca could get her part yeah Swan Lake that kind of thing yeah so so a mixture between Black Swan and All About Eve blended in with yes yeah yeah I like I like that Okay, well. <laughs> and in that sense, you in know, that. I think Angelina Jolie would be a <laughs> <laughs> um, an aging ballet teacher. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see her more in a contemporary version. <laughs> um, well, mine, see, I kind of felt like contemporary or classic, Danvers is just Danvers, unless we did something like Angelina Jolie. Um, my first pick was Amelda Staunton. Mm-hmm. You probably know the best as Dolores Umbridge in Harry Potter. I don't think she's, I mean, again, she just has more of like a kind of a goody-goody vibe. Does she? She plays so many creepy people. But she's, yeah, but it's like she's not. and like. You know what I mean? She doesn't seem like sinister. She seems more like slightly unhinged, which I know seems like the same thing. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't find her creepy. She's like a chaotic perfectionist who's like exercises insane control she's not creepy she's not lurking in the shadows Mm. no i feel like i've seen that i can see that she would have malevolent energy but not she's not creepy for me she's yeah yeah, like you're right you're right she's not a shadow lurker no (laughs) (laughs) the same way that all these other actresses clearly are well then my 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 next one um uh you mentioned this actress last last week um but Miranda Richardson, I think, has good villain villain vibes. But maybe she's too good looking. I don't know. Mm, no, 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 no. Might be too. F- might be too funny. Yeah, I think again, she's sort of got an inherent humor about her. Again, she's just like her. She would be more unhinged. Like she's just completely. Yes, so. But do you remember plot. her role in Sleepy Hollow? She's quite. She's quite creepy in that. And that was just straight creepy, not funny. I think she's funny in that. Do you? Yeah. I mean, the the whole film is kind of funny and camp, yeah, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's camp. Um, I actually I just, can't. She, do you know hard. what? Do you know what the thing about her too is? Like, she doesn't seem like she's calculating enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like there's yeah, a yeah, there's I like can, Danvers is like really calculating. It's like she has been waiting to ruin Max's life. Where it's like I feel like Miranda Richardson sort of more encapsulate encapsulates the energy of someone who could definitely do something really bad and kind of lose it but it's like it would be more about like it's like you know she's uh, the pressure cooker is going to explode type thing mm. she hasn't like spent oh, a year being like <clears throat> i don't know if that to me i don't know if that i agree with you actually I, I don't know if miranda richardson's a good choice but i don't know if Danvers is particularly calculating because she's just just stays in the house and she wants to psychologically torture max but it's only when she finds out that you know rebecca might have been killed by him Mm. that she goes crazy yeah but it's like she's she's waiting do you know what i mean it's like she's calculating in the sense like she's sitting there waiting tell his wife to jump out a window that's pretty crazy (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we just said, yeah, that's true. All right, well, um, I'm out. I'm out of this. Uh, this, this. Okay. Danvers race. So my first choice is Alfrey Woodard. Oh, I love who her. Is a lovely actress and that's has and has been in lots of very lovely roles. Um, she was memorably Lily Sloane in mm-hmm. Star Trek: First Contact. She's in Twelve Years a Slave, Clemency, Desperate Housewives. But she quite recently played a villain in Luke Cage, and I think that sort of shifted my view of her a little bit. And I could see, and I when I think of her now, I can see that she can do a villainous turn because she has a very kind of quiet demeanor that I think in the right role could come across as creepiness I love that I love that I'm all on board I think she could definitely do the the creepy lurking thing yeah like very like doing sort of watchful I hate you I'm gonna destroy you but maybe sort of affecting benevolence that's actually kind of just thinly veiled yeah it's like every once in a while she could seem like she's being super helpful yeah that's that's brilliant yeah I I, I love that that's a good one yeah, inspired. Great. And then my second choice, who you may not know unless you've seen Succession, is Hayam Abbas. And she plays Marty in Succession. So she is the wife of the patriarch Logan Roy. And she is not trusted. She's the new wife. So she's not trusted at all by his adult children. And they're always thinking that she's kind of scheming to get the money and get in between them and, and their father. And when he falls ill, she don't, won't, let, won't let them see him. And it comes across... Because you're seeing a lot of it from their perspective as as that she is sort of meddling and, you know, scheming. And she has this quite cold demeanour with them. It's not unfriendly necessarily, but she's sort of just like is a lurking presence who occasionally speak up and speak her mind. And she's very sort of strong-minded. And again, it's like I could see her as the dance teacher who had coached Rebecca for years and, you know, schemed to bring her to elite level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i really like that too i prefer alfred woodard because i think she's an amazing actress and i just i just would love to see her in that role okay i have two okay. one you're gonna hate and <laughs> one you might like so the one you're gonna hate i thought of before we had really fleshed out the whole dance teacher thing <laughs> that's fair enough i mean who could have predicted that i know well, i didn't know which way it was gonna go but so this was kind of when I was thinking about a contemporary one, this was more a read of actually Danvers as a bit of a sadder figure. Um, and so my pick was Jennifer Connelly, who I think can be oh, bitter, yeah. hurt, kind of creepy. And I could see her seeking revenge. You are choosing like... Some of the most beautiful <laughs> women alive for these roles. I'm trying though. to bring something new to the table. What beauty to the table of Hollywood? Yeah, I am. Um, I, I can I can see that. I can see that. To me, yes, yeah, she does read. I, I get sadness yeah. from her. Maybe mostly because of he's just not that into you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think she's good, and I think she has that kind of chilly, that chilly energy. Like I just I just think that she can. Yeah, she can be a little bit chilly, and also it's like the thing that sort of attracted me to her is like I could see her like doing the holding the grudge for a while you know what I mean there are certain actors that you can just picture holding a grudge yeah <laughs> and I I'm mean, not sure how, how you I, come to that decision 
But then I, the thing I is, is that you, when I when I say I hate you that choice, <laughs> you hate all my choices. So. I know. I'm sorry. I don't always hate your choice. That's a lie. But I I don't like. I don't like. I actually think standards. that her as the aging dance instructor works quite well though. Yeah. My second choice, which you might like better, and I think maybe is a more obvious fit for the the dance coach, um, <laughs> storyline, <laughs> um, is Viola Davis. Yes, I thought that she's her. just I thought that she's so incredible. She's such an amazing actress. She has so much range. I think she can definitely play the, you know what I mean, like the poisoned, bitter. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked my life for this and it came to nothing and now I'm going to... For me, she's like a Tilda Swinton. Like she could just do it in her sleep yeah, and yeah. she'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I like so, that. Yeah. yeah. I don't okay. hate all your choices. Flo hates just as many as I hate, so... <laughs> no. I mean, no. Look, if, if you're working through some issues this week, that's okay, but don't take out the last <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>